Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. We're back after a bit of a holiday break, so uh, welcome back to the podcast. We're up and ready to go for the new year, and with me I have Dan. Hey guys. So we've had a couple of games since the last episode, or I should say since our um, our interview with Jackson Irvine, uh, in which we I, I chatted to him about the uh, the Leeds and Derby games that were coming up over uh, over the Christmas period. Uh, so we, we had... Uh, a nil-nil draw with Derby, which I suppose on, on uh, reflection is probably a, quite a good result given where they're sitting in the table. Uh, but then that was followed up, or should I say preceded by a pretty disappointing 1-0 defeat to Leeds, uh, despite dominating most of the early stages of that one. Uh, probably the most disappointing was that 1-0 loss to Bolton that we had, uh, as well as the 2-2 draw with Fulham where we led 2-0. Uh, but then uh, most recently we've had the 1-0 win against Blackburn in the FA Cup. So a range of results there, but I guess I'll start with asking you, Dan, which of those was, uh, I guess, the most positive result and then which was the most disappointing? Um, I'd have to say the Derby draw is the most positive, um, yep. partly because of as you mentioned, where they are in the table. Also, um, it, with the reverse of how the first matchup against them went, where we got a <laughs> fairly good shellacking. Um, so that, that that was a good positive and a good um, – that was a well-fought for draw and a, and a well-earned point. Um, I think the Fulham draw is the most disappointing result for me because we were in, so we had got to a winning position and we were playing so comfortably and it was just um, silly silly errors and silly fouls that um, allowed Fulham back into that game. And it just, after the other the other, the other games that um, recently, since Adkins has um, taken charge, have, like we've shown vast improvement and we've basically, apart from that Fulham game, stopped conceding those, those late goals that have, you know, taken so many points from us. Yeah. Um, this season, so that that was that was very disappointing for me. Yeah, I think you're right there with that Fulham game. That was probably the first time under Adkins. I mean, I suppose there was that late goal against Brentford, but we were already in a pretty dominant position. Uh, that was pretty much the first time under Adkins that we've seen those similar failings that we saw quite a lot under Slutsky, particularly towards the end of his time, uh, with those silly last-minute goals really costing us a lot of points. And so that was, yeah, pretty disappointing in the Fulham game. Bolton... Disappointing for a different reason, I suppose, just the fact that that was such a winnable game and a game we really should have put quite a few goals past them in terms of, I mean, 4-0 in the reverse at the start of the season and also just by merit of their, their table position. Really disappointing to, to drop all three points in that one and really dangerous given how close we are to that relegation zone. And I guess the other one is the Leeds game. I mean, to be so dominant early and to be looking so good, to have such a calamitous way of conceding uh, was really frustrating to see. And uh, obviously extra sort of bragging rights associated with that as a derby game uh, would have been really good to win and, and really frustrating to lose in the end. Um yeah, like you say, I think probably Derby's the most positive out of them, given the fact that they're travelling so well and to, to keep them goalless, especially after the shellacking earlier in the season, was quite good to see. Uh, and then always good to get a cup win. I mean, I'm always in the camp that I like a bit of a cup run. Um, gives a bit of optimism in the squad. A winning mentality is always a good thing. If it means we can get some of the squad players playing a bit more like Diamande and guys like that, then that's always a good thing in my books. Obviously, you don't want to be, you know, injuring your key personnel in it, and I think that's always people's worry. If we if we get too deep, and if people start playing two games a week or three games a week, and they get a bit tired and a bit more injury prone, that's always the worry. But 
Yeah, I I I can't always, I can't complain with um a good cup win and, and into the next round and and who knows you know getting a decent draw against a top level Premier League club could be a bit exciting and you know as unfortunate as to say it might be our only chance to play those big clubs um for the next couple of years might be in the cup so um looking forward forward to Forest in the next round and I guess we see where we where we go from there. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right with that um with the cup I. I'm I'm the same as you. I think that um, every competitive game is is a chance to get get points or get wins on the board. But a cup um, is they're always good opportunities, and especially if you get a nice win there. We got that win after a couple of disappointing results, and you know that might just be enough confidence. You know, starts building within the squad to then put in some more positive positive performances. Um, but Nottingham played played very well against Arsenal, I believe, um, yeah, to sure. get through. So um, it should be it should be a good challenge. Absolutely. Um, if we move on from, from those games, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the game coming up against Reading in a second, but obviously with uh, with it now being January, the transfer window's now opened and it's always a time of the season where everyone starts speculating about players coming in, players leaving, uh, and unfortunately, given the state that we're in, generally the discussion is more around players leaving. Um, obviously, rumours around Bowen is probably our most sellable asset uh, alongside Grzycki. Um, are probably the main two that we've seen rumours about. Adkins has said that we're not going to sell any players, we're not going to entertain any offers for players, but how likely do you think it is that we don't sell anyone before the window closes? Um, is is Adkins saying that the shop window is closed? <laughs> is, that, is that what he's trying to say? I believe um, so, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it, it rings just a little bit too familiar to that I'm not, like, it's, it's a football club and it's it's a business and like if the if the offers come in and they and they you know they meet the whatever the appropriate values are of these of the players or whatever then i i don't i don't necessarily think that that we'll just flat out be saying no to anything um i do believe that it will be hard to pry some of these players away from our club like They'll need the offers. Will I mean it's January anyway, so offers are normally going to be on the overs. But um, so I don't know. I don't. I can't. I don't think anyone should leave. I hope no one leaves. But to I, it's a it's a hard claim to to necessarily believe after you know recent events. Is is there a value that you would um, accept for a player like Bowen, or is he basically the sort of player that? You know, for no, for essentially no price. That you'd basically say, well, it's actually just better for morale and better for team continuity to keep him at the club, even if, I mean, I know it's not going to happen, but even if an offer of like 15 million came in, or do you, does it get to a point where you just go, look, you know, it's it's ridiculous money. We just have to accept it, try and find a cheap replacement, and, and go with what we've got. Yeah, that's a uh, it's a tough one. Like I, that's where I I don't think. That we should sell Bowen, and but if if an offer came in, um, although he's, he's just re- he just signed a did you sign a new contract yeah, recently? Yeah, I think it was at the start of the remember. season, if I'm remembering right. I think it yeah. was for an extra two years. Yeah, so yeah, so he's got a so I think like if you if offers come in for Bowen, like in the 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 ten ten million plus, like I think. I think the club will entertain them 
at the very least. Um, well, it's interesting because, because... You, look, you look at someone like Asombolongo, who everyone sort of traditionally thinks of as a really top, well, decent championship striker. And I think he was sold uh, by Forrest, if I'm getting it around the right way, for $15 million to Barra, I think is where he's ended up. Um, and his strike rate, apparently, is actually worse than Bowen's. So when you think about the fact that it's Bowen's first season in the in yeah. the uh, championship as a, as a you know, senior player, he's actually tracking in terms of valuation that he should actually be going for that sort of price range. Yeah. Um, he is in outstanding form. Um, and, like... Yeah, it's it's difficult. Like I, I'd like to like if he was going to go, like it'd be just you know that around like the Harry Maguire, Andy Robertson, how we made so much money off those couple of sales. Like I wouldn't be happy, but like it's it's sort of money which you know that's you can you should be able to effectively reinvest in the squad with that with that amount of money. If he was to sell for less than ten million, ten million, like and that's just a figure I'm picking it's probably not remotely accurate if I had more chance to think about it I'd probably find something a bit higher <laughs> but um yeah I, I I don't want him to go but it's I think there will definitely there'll definitely be offers for him um with the form that he's in and then a lot of there's a lot of players out of contract as well talking about uh Bowen re-signing which was very unexpected to me purely because of the way that the club seems to be running down a lot of players' contracts at the moment. Um, Max Clark is, I guess, comparable to Bowen in terms of first season in the senior team, breaking through, and he's out of contract uh, in the summer. But there's also a number of pros out of contract in, in the form of McGregor, Dawson, Myla, Otabajo, Diamande, Hernandez, Larson, all of those guys, um, which is concerning in a way because you think after the last summer we had such an exodus of players and you think, geez, you know, um, well, that's a lot of them basically can't get much worse. And we're, we're, look, we're looking set to have a similar summer next year as well. And it's just crazy to think, uh, look, there's, this, there's a part of me that just thinks guys like Dawson, Myler, Dumande, maybe even McGregor, Hernandez are definitely going because for one, one reason or the other, either the club doesn't think they're good enough or they think they can get someone cheaper in um, through the window. I don't know how, really, when you think, you know, you're going to pay a transfer fee and then wages, and these guys will probably be happy to re-sign at a decent, you know, affordable wage. Um, you just think there's just so much turnover in the squad at the moment. Um, do you see any of these guys staying? Do you think they'll all leave? Do you think, I don't know, a couple of them might stay? I would hope that um, a few of them, at least, would stay. Um <laughs> I well, think it's. I mean, Dawson like and Myler. Dawson and Myler are on record as saying that they're more than happy to sign a new deal. They just haven't been offered, you know, a reasonable deal. Yeah, that's concerning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you've got players like, saying, "I want to sign a contract." Normally, it's players saying, "Oh, I want to get a, you know, pay raise. You know, give me a better yeah. contract." But these guys, yeah, are saying, we want to sign a deal. I, I think like. It's some some part of this has to be that some part of it is that the club's still, they're still trying to sell the club, and yeah. some part of it is that they obviously don't know where we're going to be next year. Yeah. And you it, you know so we can't like it's hard to. I mean maybe Milo is happy to accept any contract that's put in front of him. Why well, I don't know, but may like maybe the club's not willing to put forward a contract to Milo until they can know what's going on. The problem is like like with these 
contracts running down. If they're out of contract now, then they can be approached already as to sign pre-contract agreements, can't they? I think that that's... Within six months of the end of their contract? I think it's not an English thing. So I think within England, you can't do that. Oh, okay. Um, So for instance, with City going after... Sorry, I should say Man City going after Sanchez, I don't think they can get him to sign a pre-contract. But for instance, you know, like if... Juventus went after Sanchez, they could get him to sign a pre-contract. So I think I think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair but enough. It's well, I'm sure. Because, they, I mean... They, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, even if like if they couldn't actually sign, I'm sure they'd still they'd still get contacted and the managers would be working their things and they'd have things, li- they'd have things lined up even if, you know, we don't do anything. It's crazy because even if, putting it bluntly, if the club looks at guys like, Dawson and Myler and says, we don't think they're good enough to be in the squad. Um, if there's uncertainty about what league we're in, it's actually to our benefit to sign them up because worst case scenario, we get relegated. They would surely be good enough for League One. And if they're happy to sign up now, knowing the risk, then so be it. And if we stay up, they're surely still good enough to be squad players. You know, Dawson's pretty much played every game this season and Myler's basically been in the team when he's fit. They'd be good enough to be squad players, and if nothing else, just sort of background figures giving some continuity to the squad. Yeah, I think like you, you, you I think the key word in all that was continuity, and like it's ten, ten players. Like you can't let like that's a team. You can't let a team's worth of players walk out for nothing, yeah. because then you've got to go out and replace ten players worth and. <sighs> Maybe you know Dawson hasn't been at his best this year, but you still then need to go out and find someone who is as good or better than Dawson to to come into the squad. Otherwise, you're not better off by having let him go. Yeah. So hopefully, fingers and crossed. That, we that, can, that um, that'll be the challenge. Yeah, that's absolutely the challenge. Hopefully, we can um, get a few of those players signed up to deals pretty soon. Can Hull in these final couple of minutes make this one-man advantage count? Odavajo, again a lovely pass over this time from Myler. El Mahamedi, he receives the ball back again. Odavajo gets past his marker, plays the ball into the middle, looks for Snodgrass. Can he tee up a shot for himself? Surely! The ball's going to drop a team on his feet there! The Tigers strike! The comeback is complete! For the first time this season, Hull come from 1-0 down. And they have made that extra man count. So we just heard there um, Jake Livermore's winner in our last championship season against Reading uh, to come from 1-0 down to win in the corresponding home fixture of, of that season. Um, and we face Reading again this Saturday. It's a bit of a grudge match, so to speak, with uh, Nigel Adkins having been sacked by Reading before his spell at, uh, at, at Sheffield United. So there's a bit of history there. And... Obviously, we've got some shared players with Paul McShane and I think Stephen Quinn's still there, and I'm pretty sure they have Vito Minoni in goal as well. So uh, a, a bit of crossover between the two teams. Um, Dan, do you have any other fond memories of games against Reading? I mean, that was the only one I could really think of as as a real sort of um, standout in recent years. Yeah, I don't. I can't really think of any of the matches that we've played against them that none of them really... St- springing to mind um when i when i think of this this fixture so um 
unfortunately, I don't have any memorable matches to share this week. Not not a very uh, memorable opponent, I suppose. Um, but there there is the common personnel, at least, which makes it a little bit interesting in that sense. Um, they haven't been travelling too much better than us in the table either. They lost to Birmingham last time out 2-0, and I guess when we complain about the loss to Bolton 1-0, losing to Birmingham is in a probably similar category with Birmingham also pretty terrible this season. Um, what sort of chances do you give us in, in a home fixture against Reading at the moment? Um, oh, it really depends. Like I was reading today that um, we have, I think Larson's fit again, um, and there's a couple of other players which we're waiting, um, Adkins is waiting on to confirm whether they're available or not. Um, and it sort of, I think it depends on which team we can put out. If we can put out our best 11, I still believe that we have, you know, we've got the players capable of beating anyone in this competition, regardless of how poorly they have played it at times. Um, and I, if we can get if we get those go, the right people on the field, I've got no no um, no problems in in backing us to to get past to pass Reading at home. And um, at this point in the season, it should have already been like established but we really do need to with the position we're in we really need to start taking as many points at the KCOM as possible um with 20 games to go we need to make the most of of these opportunities and hopefully there's a nice crowd there to make it nice and as hostile as possible for Reading and as difficult for them um, we really need the 12th man at every opportunity yeah, and I guess our last home game, I believe, was that 2-2 draw with Fulham, um, where we coughed up that 2-0 lead. So at least we're starting to string some decent form together at home, um, and it's just a matter of keeping that focus and, and not conceding those silly goals. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, Larson's fit. I think he fits in quite well in the midfield at the moment, and I think Myler's basically back to full fitness as well. So Adkin should have a bit of choice there as well, with I think Stewart also being fit. And um, by all reports, Evandro was great against Blackburn in the Cup, so we're starting to get a few of those central midfield options um, being available, which is always good to be spoiled for choice. And, and then, of course, um, Jackson Irvine as well, who's playing pretty well. Um, a funny story I heard about Jackson Irvine recently, um, sort of, I know some people might cringe listening to me mention anything about FIFA, but um, a friend was telling me that apparently in FIFA, Jackson Irvine's stats, regardless of where you put him on the field, basically striker, left mid, right mid, attacking mid, defensive mid, um, centre-back, left back whatever his stats pretty much stay the same which is essentially I guess saying that he's the perfect all-rounder so it's quite funny to see that he's played he's played in pretty much every position for us as well I think he's played you know in that sort of advanced second striker or you know center forward sort of role he's also played out wide and and as a defensive player as well so it's, it's great to have him in the squad as um, a very flexible option yeah um He's he's really starting to come into his own um, inner city shirt, which is which is great. The, the last few weeks he's been um, he's been outstanding, and he's laid on a couple of good 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 passes. And I think I think he's nabbed an assist or two recently. Yeah, I think so. So um, um, probably I suppose it would have been the Fulham game because that's the only one we scored in recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think. Um, He's starting to uh, starting to go really good, and he seems to really be thriving in that um, in that uh, number ten, that, ad, that 
uh, behind behind the strike, which I think is where he was playing mostly for for Burton last season. Yeah, I think so. In that similar sort of a role. So um, I suppose that perhaps just goes to show that when you can get like your your players into their preferred position, that um they'll really start to shine. Absolutely. Um, and do you have a score prediction for this one? Oh, um, I, I'm going to go 2-0 to City. Very nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, they're only four points ahead of us, so it's a really important game in that sense that if we can get the three points, it really starts to help us actually climb the table. I feel like we've basically been sat in um, the same position for the last month, really. Um, the teams below us starting to catch up on us a little bit, so we really need to start pulling away again. Um, I'll probably go for a win as well. I think it might be a 2-1 sort of win, but Reading's form has been so average, and, and we really were overdue a good home performance, so... Yeah, I might go a 2-1 win in that one. Um, but I think that's about it. So we've got that game to look forward to on the weekend. And then uh, and then a game the following week as well, where hopefully we can also pick up the three points. But we'll be back at the same time next week to chat about that one. So until then, um, thanks for joining me, Dan. Not a problem anytime. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back because you're out.